Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host from Los Angeles, California, Joey Nochoprano. Good evening, Andy. Ooh, the evening shows. The evening podcasts. Different vibe. I like it. I've already got the official sponsor of the Dirty Sports Podcast cracked halfway through the first one. Had to get these wheels greased before the show. Yeah, um, I reached out to you today. I said, let's do it all, you know, a night early if you're free. I just today, literally nothing happening today. Nothing going on. Got a couple things on the uh, got a couple things on the docket for tomorrow, including possibly weather permitting the first round with Tug Coker Ooh. Uh, since Golfgate. You guys haven't played since then. We have not played since Golfgate. But pending rain, because we both agree, we're we're despite our growing ups in different part of the world, we are not the kind of people that are golfing even in even in the slightest of drizzle. I was like, I absolutely. He was like, I'm not down for that ridiculousness. I was like, I, was, I absolutely agree. <laughs> you know what? Is, you, you California has pussified you. It did. Well, that, it did me too. That is that is for sure true. There's I'm absolutely not uh, arguing that. That's just part of the, you know, good weather here. You just start treating bad weather, but I'm usually generally fine with the cold, the rain, the snow, but, uh, I'm still, you know, I'm, I'm still like relatively new in the golf life. I don't have all of the things I need for a day like that, specifically like a cleated golf shoe. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going playing slippery golf with my knee. And so when Tug said he was, I was like, 100%. 100%. If it's raining, we cancel. I actually texted with Tug uh, yesterday, too. I, I let him know that let's. I can say this now, tentatively, I will be in the City of Angels next month. That's right. Getting together. We're in Andy. I'm, I'm broadcasting live from what we're calling Andy's room. Tug's hilarious. I'm, I'm going to read. I'm actually going to pull it up on my computer. His his text to me was it was, it was the most classic Tug and the dirt balls, I know, will, will appreciate that. I, I was saying how, you know, like, hey, man, I'm, I'm looking to fly in next month. And uh, are you going to be around? I said, I'm flying out for 10 days in L.A. next month. And uh, he says, yeah, I'm around until the baby arrives. I said, well, when does the baby arrive? He said, uh, 422, technically. I said, well, I fly out 421. And he wrote, I don't even care. You can come. I can see regardless, baby or not. Like, it's just, yeah, it's just like tug. First, he's like, baby. And then he's like, I don't care anymore. I like it. Yeah, it's good. Well, the dent den will be ready for you. The dent den. He sleeps in there like a bear in his den. The dent den. Will, we will that the be Walt- the. Look at that. We got the uh, wrong side. We got the Walton uh, on the wall. We got it. You know, me as a horse. Will that be here? There's a TV in here, Andy. You're ready to go. We got Zach Olmstead's like 
you know, graphic of the human brain on the wall. Will that uh, be Kyle, a, Kyle Aronofsky sent me that Hunter Thompson thing? Like it's 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 the dent den. By the way, I, I Kyle's got a good call of that. I'm looking forward to hearing your. I, I was thinking about this the last time we listened to a Kyle call. Kyle's got to be the most played caller on the Dirty Sports podcast, right? Kyle or CT? Yeah, it's probably Kyle though. Yeah. He's he's got a good call. It, it's going to be a trip down memory lane for you and I. I'm actually going to be curious where you were when these events happened. Um, there is actually a lot of good calls today. Great. 310-359-8365. Quick plug for the hotline if you guys got anything in your mind. And it does cut off at two minutes. So, And this is a great time to call because we are... We're between sports, baseball hasn't, football's over, baseball hasn't started, March Madness upon us, which we, you know, you know, lightly get into every year. But as you can tell from uh, the 75 minutes on whether or not LeBron James should talk about his vaccine on last episode, we could use some calls, guys. Yeah, we got, we got, there's a lot on today's rundown though. There's, right. there's a lot of good stuff I'm looking forward to talking about. And, and we can start with a deal that happened later after Monday's episode dropped, Dak Prescott will be a Dallas Cowboy for at least a few more seasons. He signs a four-year, $160 million deal, which includes a $126 million guaranteed. Joe, he will average $42 million for the first three years. And that guaranteed money is a record. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways to look at this deal. Um, I think the, I think the two kind of major point counterpoints are um, Dak Prescott is a top five paid quarterback. I mean, where, where does he rank in terms of like per season? Obviously he's not, or is this, is he the highest per season? No, I don't know. Either way, he's right up. It's not Mahomes money. It's not Mahomes money, obviously, for nearly the amount of time and whatever. And that and that would be the counterpoint. Four years. So over 40 million. That's but, top five. That's definitely top five. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, the 42 million is probably right there. Top, top two, top three. Um, but for four years. So I mean, the thing is, as when you look at the when you look at the deal. Yes, it's only for four years. You haven't tied to the guy for that long. But like, I'll ask you a very simple question because I've seen I've seen it even one step further. Do the Cowboys play in an NFC championship game in these four years? No. Then what the fuck are we talking about here? <laughs> well, to me, it's not even about Dak. You know, I'm on my big thing now about the owners and management and the upper level executives making these decisions. And to me, that's why Jerry Jones, he had his run. They won three Super Bowls in four years. That was 25 plus years ago. That was the Jimmy Johnson run. Like Jimmy Johnson called all the shots. He made all, he made the deal. He made the Herschel Walker trade. He rebuilt the team. Obviously Barry Switzer gets one on the heels of that, which is basically the same run. And then nothing. And I mean, Jerry Jones, the GM has been a debacle. Um, I'm not against the, like, let me, let me step away from being a New York giants fan. I'm not against 
the Cowboys, you know, signing Dak Prescott long-term because I think, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan, it's like, what are you, what are you, are you upgrading? How are you upgrading? I mean, are, are we talking about, you know, Oh, we would have been better off trading for Russell Wilson or that's a pipe dream. You know what I mean? That, that, that doesn't necessarily happen. So you've got Dak coming off an injury. He's been good. He hasn't been insanely good. Um, but to me, it's almost like a long-term less money deal is almost even a better call than a short-term gigantor deal. I mean, it's a gigantic amount of money. And I've seen the the multiple tweets. Basically, it's between him, Zeke, Amari Cooper, yeah, and like and like uh, Lawrence, I think maybe, um, and like one or two other guys is is eighty five percent of their cap or some nonsense, you know, sixty percent of their cap, whatever the number is, it's forty percent of their cap. They've gone all in on four guys, and they haven't been. And and by the way, they've had all these guys. They've had them all. I couldn't agree more. You're you're not you're not. You're not saying, hey, we're tying all of our money to Cooper and Elliott, and we're bringing in this quarterback who's going to make it all work. All of these guys have been there. And and by the way, th- those are terrible guys to just tie. Like, like if you if you look like it, it's a pretty simple formula. And I don't know why most teams don't follow us. It's a pretty simple formula in the NFL. You have to spread the money around, and you you definitely can't tie your money. Look what the Rams did just a few years ago, right? Where they tied that money to so many guys. Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, Brandon Cooks. My point was, then they dismantled that team. You, you really yep. can't do it. Like like Zeke, I'm looking at Zeke's stats right now. Zeke has worst year last year. Right. Zeke's already in the decline. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. I know he ended the league in 2016. But the, the running back is so the lifespan of the running back in the NFL is so short. Like that's a terrible contract right now. The Z contract, even, even the Mark Cooper one. Um, I, I get you, you got to make decisions, but I agree. Look, the Cowboys, I don't mind them re-signing Dak. I like Dak. I think he's pretty good, but, but you know what? It, it takes us back to the thing, you know, all the, People, you know, I've been a Kirk Cousins destroyer and a Kirk Cousins truther. And all the people who come at me about Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins. It's not about Kirk Cousins. That That's why I hate to say it, but like Ryan Fitzpatrick or Kirk Cousins, a guy that's that'll play for free or a guy that'll play for 35 million. The gap isn't as big as the 15 times the amount you have to pay him. And that's the thing with Dak is Dak's fine. But Dak for forty million, or Andy Dalton for zero million. Well, you know you got to find something in between, which is not easy. Is not easy, but Ryan Fitzpatrick does walk the earth. You always come back to Fitzy. I'm just talking about guys. It's an example of a guy. I mean, I hate to say it. You know what? Like, I, you know what I want to get going you. back to, you know. Jameis Winston for for four million or Zach for forty or Dak for forty. I want to get you a jersey that somehow 
encompasses every team that fits played for. I don't even know how that's possible yet. Don't do it yet. Wait a couple more weeks until we've added another team to the list. He's played for nine teams. He's played for eight, but I'm not, I'm not even soon. Yeah. I haven't even looked, but I'm just guessing. I want to say around eight or nine. Oh my, (laughs) my girlfriend is texting me from the other room because she's like, you know, who's available? Josh Rosen. Because we just saw him on on the the strand in Manhattan Beach. Poor Josh Rosen. I mean, he's not poor. Yeah, I mean, like, what was he doing? You saw him today. What was he doing? Just walking. I said, and I think I I think I texted you. Um, he has he had he is like he's the next in a long line of like QB busts turn south bay like sweatpants and flip-flop wearing coffee guy like he's from there he's from from there but i've seen i've seen liner walking around in slides i know 10 times get you know getting a muffin i know like all right zach liner and it was the same thing just seeing josh walk josh rosen just like walk down the strand just like he wasn't andy he wasn't jogging down the strand (laughs) he wasn't running down the strand no he was cash walking down the strand. Dude, he just just last month turned 24. Yes. That's how that's how young Josh Rosen is. And you're already yeah. seeing him. You're seeing so, his future. I mean, this is this is my question for you. Dak for 42 million, or Josh Rosen's dad paying the Cowboys four million to play his kid. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, if he's paying him four million, was he at least with the girl? No, I I don't know if he was with his dad or if he was with his trainer or if he's with his like whatever. But he's walking with like an older dude. I think I feel like South Bay is where all that's where Aaron Hernandez used to hang out. I ran into I run into like I knew him, but I remember one night I was down there when I first moved to L.A. Uh, Tony Gonzalez was one one of the bars, like like. You always see You're like Tony, Andy Ruther, Dirty Sports Podcast. I mean, that was like six, seven years before the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. But he he had that look. You're like, oh, this guy is a Hall of Famer and he looks every part of it. Like you said, when you see these other guys, you're just like, yeah, you're damaged goods. Rosen had a full beard. Very Chan. My girlfriend said he looked like hot Jesus. I was like. I don't want to be the one that breaks the news to you that Jesus didn't look any. He's going to have to be a lot more tan to look like Jesus, but I understand what you mean. <laughs> Jesus was Arabic. Yeah. <laughs> the, the white Jesus that we put up in Roman Catholic churches. Yeah. I guess he kind of looked like. Why haven't they canceled that? Have they gone for that yet? <laughs> Why haven't they canceled Jesus yet? So you know what we I've canceled been... everybody else. Why haven't we canceled Jesus? You know what I've been doing? And I don't know if I should do this because I will get things canceled. My, Myers Leonard wants Jesus canceled. He he would love to. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely we'll we'll hop right into that. But I think of things that like have not been canceled yet, and I'm like, how did this get the pet? Like it'll just pop in my head, and I'll, and I always say, should I tweet this? But I also don't want to cancel things. But it's yeah. also funny, like we've said, like what they pick and choose, or like, wait, how did this get completely avoided? Uh, Myers Leonard, holy cow, man. You know, listen, why these guys are recording themselves 
ever. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I understand that. I'm sure it wasn't a leaked his recording. Somebody was recording that. There's got to be a way to play in these games where you can't record it, right? There's got to be like a record off rooms. I don't know. Now, I don't, listen, I don't know. I, by the way, I'm not saying that this is the issue with it. Is that yeah. but I'm just, again, this is like when, when Tiger Woods drives off the road, like get a driver. If you're, uh, if you're a shit talking call of duty player, maybe only play in rooms where they can't record you. Also, can we talk about the worst apology of all time? Uh, I, I was going to bring it. Dude. I didn't. Bro, how do you even know that word if you don't know what that word means? Uh, he just he just straight up claims to not know what it meant. I got to read this, man. It's so bad. I 100% agree. This is like the worst apology. So I, I so I watched. Did you watch the whole video where then he gets yeah. the phone call? No. No, wait, what? Oh, Somebody called great. him and was like, "Dude, you just It's an extended version. Like he gets a phone like he keeps playing. So the video we see is that the video I I'm trying to I only there's watch multiple like videos. There's multiple okay. videos out there. So there's the video where he where he drops the slur, the anti-Semitic slur. And then there's an extended or different video where like he picks up the phone and he's like, yeah, but you, you see, see him. Yeah, he's on. He's still playing, but you can see him. You're not just hearing him. Yeah, you see him and wow. he's on his phone. And he's like, yeah, yeah. And you can see somebody's like, yo, dude, you fucked up big time. And then he goes, uh, hey, my wife just called. She needs something. <laughs> Again, it's like some just blatant lie. Like, no, your wife didn't call. That was your agent. That was somebody who was like, yeah. yo, dude, you made a huge fuck up. So he said, I'm deeply sorry for using an anti-Semitic slur during a live stream yesterday. Well, I, I didn't know what the word meant at the time. My ignorance about its history and how offensive it is to the Jewish Imagine community. Imagine you just stumble along like the worst anti-Semitic phrase and by the way not the best like that's one of the worst teams to do that miami is a very highly populated jewish city slash the whole state of florida slash owned by a jewish family exactly dude what are you thinking i mean he's obviously not thinking and and you know that is i know we have been branded like woke cancel culture people but um it's one of those things where like the claim that something just slips out bro like i never say that word yeah i never say it not by accident not on purpose not like it's never something that just you just mix it into your call of duty trash talk yeah well i like what julian edelman did today Invited him to Shabbat. Well, he, you know, Edelman was just like, yo, let's talk this out. Also, let's, you can come by. We'll sit Shiva for your career. But look, I think most, we'd agree to agree. Most racism, homophobia, whatever it is, any sort of phobia or racism is usually ignorance. And education is how you would alleviate that or be friends with somebody from a different background. And the notion that what's crazy to me, the notion that like, dude, you're in the NBA, like you had to be around a lot of Jewish people. I don't know. Yeah. Like, like I think of myself growing up in, 
and basically all white. Also, has there has there ever been a person with a more Jewish sounding name to be anti-Semitic? Myers Leonard. It sounds like like he, he sounds like he could be Jewish. Yeah. But like I think of myself like Myers I, Leonard sounds like a character in like Boardwalk Empire. <laughs> Myers Leonard's here. I don't know, man. It's it, I mean, it, especially being Miami, like I didn't know that the owners were Jewish. I mean, just what it's it's just a fail. It's just a fail. Like, and it's one of those things. Again, I'm not making. I'm certainly. I'm. I'm saying obviously, like his his whole thing is a cop out. But again, like, why are these athletes doing this? I'm not. I'm. I, but I think he should be punished. I think you know. First of all, he has. He's barely played this year. He's going to be gone anyway. It's not like this isn't. There, his career is not getting canceled over this. Let's just be very clear about that. But. How are you even doing this? Why are you on Call of Duty on like it's unbelievable? Didn't isn't there, hasn't there been multiple guys who have gotten in trouble for what they said on streaming video games? I think so. We need to talk to Nick D'Alessandro, our Twitch expert. Yeah. Twitch correspondent, Nick D'Alessandro. Who rumor has it, I don't think this is me leaking it because he posted on the Dirty Sports Reddit. Apparently he's very close to moving to Salt Lake City. Well, congratulations. So is Myers Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> I heard Nick Nick, Nick saw that Nick documentary. Myers, Myers Leonard. I think the two people who want to move to Salt Lake City. The question I would say or ask, what would be the appropriate response once you completely fuck up? Like Instead of that bullshit apology, what do we want? Do we want him to just say, yeah, I said some racist fucked up shit? I got issues. I I have no idea. That's what, in, that's what I'm asking. I have no idea in this given situation what you can say. But what if he said that? What if he said, yeah, I said an anti-Semitic phrase. I'm an idiot. I got issues. I need help. If he just 100% owns it. It's better. Like, But it, that's what I'm saying. If he, if he 100% owns it, it's really tough to be like, uh, that's a bullshit apology. Like, wow, he just claimed he. Owned I mean, it. I, I always think that that's a, a better route. And I've talked about this even from the Tiger thing and whatever is like the Tiger thing and the Letterman thing happened almost simultaneously. Like they happened like very close to each other. Remember Letterman just went out on the show, owned it, then took a commercial break, came back and did his interview. Like, it wasn't even trending for as long as this episode was on. Yeah. He was just like, you're going to hear some stories. This guy's trying to, you know, blackmail me. I had inappropriate relationships with one of my staff members. Uh, Regis Philbin will be out in three minutes. I, You know, it really did fall like under the radar because he owned it. And it was just, you sure it was around the same time? I feel like they were in the same, like, I mean, even if it wasn't in the same months, it was like, you know, it was in the same general amount of time. You sure? I could have sworn it was like four or five years earlier. Let me, let me I'm going to, I'm going to pull it out. Listen, but, uh, it was also 
uh, something to keep in mind before I'm exposed for being wrong. My 20s are a blur. No, you're right. You're right. He detailed it on October 1st, 2009. It was around yeah, that Tiger same. Was. Tiger was probably around 2010, around the same time, or 2009, 2010. I don't want to drop this mic because I'll break it, but. Unbelievable. The, the light drop. You love Ladderman. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan. I don't know. I tried to watch some of his show. I just. Anyway. I'm not going to say a slur about Letterman. <laughs> too too woke for you now? I don't know what that term means anymore, to be honest. What does it mean? I don't know. I don't know what it means. Um, but I do know that the NBA released the finalist for the Hall of Fame. And I think this will be a good discussion because a lot of dudes who you and I watched closely, you know, growing up or uh, are going to be before some dirtballs time, but uh, 14 finalists. And I saw, I saw this on Twitter today and I saw somebody post a picture of the actual ballot, which I'm pulling up right now. The official ballot uh, deadline is May 3rd, 2021. And it says, oh, no, that's, no, it's, that's different. That was a rock and roll hall of fame. Well, may as well pull that up as well. It's an interesting question as well. So can you vote for as many people as you want? I, I confused my two hall of fame ballots today. Um, the hall of fame one says choose maximum five in the basketball hall of fame. Can you choose as many as you want? I don't know. But now this ballot, you know, by the way, this includes WNBA coaches. Remember, it's the Basketball Hall of Fame. It's not the NBA Hall of Fame. Jay Wright's on there. He's only been a. Which makes this discussion, though, interesting when you talk about somebody like Chris Weber. Right. If you bring in college and also. What the you know, they had a huge the Fat Five was. The effect of the Fab Five. Well, since we're starting there, I think Chris Weber's in the Hall of Fame anyway. His numbers are pretty good. In my personal opinion. His numbers are pretty good. Chris Weber originally, like, you know, uh, know, a modern day, like Chris Weber would be fine in today's NBA. Could he shoot all right? He could shoot all right. I think, you know, I think he would certainly, uh, he had that ability to stretch. He was a great passing big man. Um, yeah, I think he'd be fine. I think Chris Weber's in okay. regardless. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind the Chris Weber. I, I thought he was going to be an interesting one. Uh, you know, those battles that the Kings had with the Lakers. Yeah. Disappointing they never made it to the finals. I don't think Chris Weber is like a sure thing, like slam dunk, pun intended. Uh, but I think he's in, you know, when I looked at this list briefly, I'd say he's, you know, in the, upper third of qualifieds, but let's do it. Let's go through the list. I don't mind the Chris Weber thing, by the way. Okay. Like I'm pretty much with you. I'm like, yeah, you know, if you do a deep dive on his numbers and how good he was for so long. And then like you said, basketball hall of fame, he's part of the fab five. He's called a timeout when he didn't have one. Yeah. 
It's not the Hall of Success. It's the Hall of Fame. He's certainly a famous basketball player. Chris Bosh, I'm going to say no. What? He's a hundred percent. He's way more of a slam dunk than Weber. Is he? Chris Bosh? Are you tell drunk? Me, tell Chris Bosh was like I, a no, but I am high. Tell Chris me. Chris Bosh is what, what was how many years was he in the league? 11, 12? He's like a 10, 11 time all-star. 13. Yeah, the all-star doesn't mean shit to me because it's a lot of times it's you know it's fan votes too. But Chris Bosh isn't starting in most of his all-star appearances. Like when you think about the fan vote, that's like the the like the th- like I always said the Jeter thing, the fan vote. Like, yeah, if you're starting, but you don't you don't you're not a hall you're not an all star eleven out of your thirteen years because you're Chris Bosh and you're so damn popular in Toronto. Chris Bosh is a Hall of Famer if his career continues. His career ends prematurely. Chris Bosh is more qualified than Chris Weber. Interesting. That that's interesting to me. Really? Yeah. Part of championship teams. Part yeah, of yeah, but he he was also on those. He's taken Raptors teams that don't that have no business in the playoffs to the playoffs. He's one of the faces of the Raptors franchise historically. He's no, I think he's absolutely a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying that he's not a Hall of Famer, but the the Bosch Weber. Is interesting to me. I mean, you're talking about Bosch, you know, Weber battle. What you know, Weber is a oh, okay. A quick comparison, Joe. This is the, sure. and this is what I thought. Weber is a five time all NBA. Chris Bosch okay. got, got it once. Okay. That's that was the number that I was thinking in my house. Like, dude, all NBA. Now Weber only made the all-star game five times. Weber was also in a era with so many great big men. I don't know. Like, I, I, taking Bosch over Weber's career. Well, what's what? I don't even know what their what how their numbers stack up. But to me, career you know, Weber's twenty point seven points, nine point eight rebounds, four point two assists. I mean, they're very similar. Yeah, they're very similar. Bosch. Bosch uh, is a little lower in all those. Yeah, very similar careers statistically, but Bosch, you know. Bosch was had to leave, you know, relatively peak. I I just think that I just think we are. You have like you can only play as long as you play. You know what I mean? Like I I understand. he And again, he's not he wasn't injury prone. He didn't have to leave. Like we're not talking about. And and for the record, Weber was right. But I'm saying like Bosch to me. Bosch could still be playing today. And if Bosch was still playing today, there to me, there's no doubt about it. And, you know, he has to leave early because of a hard thing. I think what he was able to accomplish in the time he was there, I think he's a no-brainer Hall of Okay. You, you won me over. And by the way, I, I also said Chris Weber is a no-brainer. Like, he's not a Hall. He's not a slam dunk, but he's, you know, I, I immediately jumped on. He's a Hall of Famer. I'm not saying... I, I don't even think comparison. I'm saying they're both in, so I don't have to compare one to the other, really. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's an interesting one. I, I'm thinking you're going to lean the same way I am on this. More towards our era, definitely. Tim Hardaway. Tim Hardaway is a no, but Tim Hardaway is a borderline. He's like, he's he's on this list, and I think that's uh, appropriate. But Tim Hardaway was clutch. 
he was really good. You know, he's on the he's on the TMC Warriors, but he obviously had he excels on that those Heat teams. But those, you know, it's you know, he's kind of the second guy to mourning on those Heat teams that battled the Knicks. Now they don't go on to play in an NBA Finals. Yeah, he's no for me. Now I I but the killer crossover and the UTEP two step, I mean he, he, you know, he, he changed how I, how I messed around in the basketball court. Now he would have been canceled for all that crazy shit. He said, he Oh yeah. He basically did get canceled before canceling was even a thing. All the stuff right. he said about homosexuality. Yeah. Not to dig up the demons, but just felt like saying that. He has welcomed Myers Leonard into his Miami home to chill out for a little while. What's going on with the heat, man? <laughs> better check Pat Riley's closet, man. See what he might find some crazy stuff. Now, yeah. during a recent NBA game, I can only remember which one. Actually, I think it was the Mavs national TV game in the last couple months that I was watching. Yeah, it was the Mavs because we're talking about Tim Hardaway Jr. Right. His dad well, was brought. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But his dad was right. brought up. Um. Mark Jackson was talking about Tim Hardaway Jr., which segue to Tim Hardaway. Mark Jackson was so defiant on he's a Hall of Famer, which, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, was, it was interesting to hear that. Like, he was very adamant. I would say I'm a bigger fan of Tim Hardaway Sr.'s game than the majority of NBA fans of my era. I think Tim Hardaway was underrated. I think Tim Hardaway was as responsible for those Heat teams being pseudo contenders as any other person, maybe besides Pat Riley. Um, I think he was a fantastic basketball player, and I think the conversation about whether or not Tim Hardaway should be a Hall of Famer is what he deserves. That being said, I think he is not. Yeah, I agree. I would say no. now if he was Canadian, he's in for he's a <laughs> that's the thing that's about the basketball hall of fame. If he was born in Puerto Rico, he'd a hundred percent be in. Sure. Yeah, that, that matters. It it is unfair, like that Dino Raja's in and Tim Hardaway won't, but I don't think Tim Hardaway is a Hall of Famer. I mean, what let's again, you've got all the stuff in front of you. What's Tim Hardaway's career numbers? Tim Hardaway's career numbers, 17.7 points a game. 3.3 rebounds, 8.2 assists. 17 and 8 is pretty good for a point guard. It is. You know, they didn't shoot like they shoot nowadays. Right. 35%. He was a pretty good three-point shooter, too. 35 yeah. back then. I'll tell you, you know, you know where else I really liked Tim Hardaway? It was on NBA Jam growing up. Yeah. Who was he, pa he paired with? NBA Live, NBA Live 95, my team was the Hardaway Spreewell Mullen, Billy Owens, Chris Weber. Whoa. Warriors. And I was unbeatable. Did you ever use the cheat code where Latrell could choke PJ Carmelissimo? <laughs> no, but I'm glad you brought up uh, Latrell because I'll say this. Um, Chris Mullen is obviously in the Hall of Fame. Latrell Sprewell, not in the Hall of Fame. Was Luttrell, is, is Tim Hardaway a better player than Latrell Sprewell was? I'm going to say no. Just like you, you. Yeah, you know, I'm going to say, yeah. 
Okay. I'm going to say no. Charles Brewell, 18, four and four. In those in those Knicks heat series. If you called up Pat Riley and you're like, we'll trade you Latrell Sprewell for Tim Hardaway, he would have been like, I will take it and you're no backsies. Well, I'll give Latrell this, which would help earn some potential Hall of Fame. Wasn't he the creator of the spin and rims? Yes. Right? I think I think that, I believe that was Latrell Sprewell. And that's not a thing anymore. No. That was big. Early 2000s, the spinning rims. I've been, I've been, dude, I've been listening to so much three, six mafia late dude lately. Can I tell you about my rap? It's a good segue. We're talking NBA, right? I've been listening to a shit ton of two live crew, probably off and on for the last year. Uh, a shit ton of three, six mafia, like shit. Yeah. I feel like you don't like Southern rap. You don't, you don't like some of this stuff. Yeah. Not my, not my favorite. I forget the comedian who had the joke. I forget the comedian who had the joke, but they had a great joke about people who had the Spreewell rims. It was like, the Spreewell rims are exactly like the people that are driving their cars. It looks like they're going somewhere, but they're not. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good joke. It looks like they're going places, but they're not. <laughs> That's a good joke. You got that. You got that song in my head. The three, six mile, but we ride the spinners. Okay. So you're going to say no on Hardaway. I'm going to say no on Hardaway. I can't really comment on this one. I want to say no, but it was just before my time. Michael Cooper. It's more oh, defensive. He, he earned all defensive first team five times. A little bit before my time, but I did I did watch Cooper Coop play, and uh, I'm going to say no, unfortunately. Uh, great, great personality. If you're here in L.A., you get a lot yeah. of Michael Cooper. But yeah, no, I don't. I don't think Hall five time. I mean, no defensive player of the year, right? Yeah, he wasn't a defensive player of the year ever. No, like, to me, if you're a defensive wizard you have to win defensive player of the year to be i agree like to get in on that alone which is the next guy who hands down ben wallace you think he's hands down a hall of famer how can he not be so he was what how many time defensive player of the year four time yeah that's fine that works for me he's in give it to him four time defensive player of the year only him and dikembe mutombo in the history of the nba have won it four times Dikembe's in. Yeah. Which will be a great segue into our easily my favorite cameo of coming to America. Yeah, that was a great cameo. Dikembe cameo. I bet Wallace doesn't get it initially. I mean, he only averaged a little over five points a game. But again, we're talking about he is strictly a defensive player. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know it's, I know they're like, and, and and not just that. Joe. I know they're different sports, but like, you know, uh, Ozzy Smith only averaged two home runs a season, and and Lawrence Taylor averages minus one touchdown. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there are across all sports. I mean, how many goals does the goalies that are in the NHL average? Like, that's that wasn't his job. His job was he was four time Defensive Player of the Year. I wasn't sure where I was going to go with this one. Four time Defensive Player of the Year. He's in. And that was four out of five years. He's in. And and I'll tell and you they what. They won a man. championship on the back of that. Exactly. I loved his game. Like, because that's all it was. I love the underdog story. Went also to, rebound machine. He that's what I'm saying. Went to division two, Virginia Union. 
Like it's a fucking awesome backstory. You know, you got to say also, uh, Pistons history. Did he also go to Virginia? No, I think, uh, I think Charles Oakley went to Virginia union. Um, if Rodman's in, Ben Wallace is in. 100%. I mean, how many defensive player of the years did Rodman have? Now, obviously, he's the greatest rebounder of all time in, in, in rebounds per game. But, like, I don't know how, how far off they are. A he's, rebound, two rebounds, he, three rebounds? Rodman has two, two-time defensive player of the year. So half of Rodman's, half of Rodman's resume is his defensive status and Ben Wallace is two more defensive players of the year. I mean, Robin beats him, you know, pretty easily in rebounding okay. her career. Wallace is, I mean, Wallace had some amazing rebounding, but Wallace's career total is, you know, 9.6 and uh, Dennis Robbins is 13. So yeah. he's got a pretty big edge there, but yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, you got to put, he was the face of those Pistons teams that won a title Went to another finals, lost in seven to the Spurs. He was certainly, I mean, I don't know if he was, if I would say he was the face, but yeah. he was certainly the one of them. He was certainly the body. He was the defensive. Yeah. Yeah. True. It was built around that. It was built around, we're going to stop you defensively. And yeah. stopping you defensively was built around Ben Walls. Exactly. All right. Paul Pierce. He's in. Yeah. He's in. Pains me, though, because he's such a douche. He's a douche, and hopefully his, you know, bust is pooping its pants. But I mean, th- that's the ones I wanted to cover because I didn't... well, rip through, rip through the list. I mean, we can. I don't know. I'm not going to be able to weigh in on NBA. I was like, well, I'm you're not... more of a you're more of a college basketball guy. Is Jay Wright and then a a basketball Hall of Famer? I have no idea. You could argue. Hmm. I mean, I you yeah, you'd have to, right? He won two titles, it's kind of big East titles. The big thing for me is he has a 690 winning percentage with almost 600 wins. And he made suspenders cool. Yeah. I mean that that one team that last team that won the title in 2018, I just they were just they had a lot of good NBA guys on that team. They were just good. I'd say he's in, but see, I, yeah, like I don't know the coaching shit. Like they're talking yeah. about Bill Russell as a coach. Well, he's, he's already in as a player. Yeah, I mean, I have no idea. Well, that's certainly before my time. Bill Russell's coaching career, but like he's in as a player. Do we really have to do this again? Yeah, I, I love Bill. I love Bill Russell. And and listen, put him in, put him in a third time just for having to play in Boston while they were yelling. Well, the, well, the entire while, while thirty thousand Myers Leonard's were yelling at him every night, but uh, but like you're in for you're in the basketball Hall of Fame. Yeah, I agree. Like, what are we doing? And by the way, if he gets in twice, like, what are we talking about here? We're we talking about rings and jo- the Jordan. Like, he's got twice as many rings as Jordan. He's in the Hall of Fame twice as many times, and we're still arguing that a bald fuck is the goat. Yeah, and then there's Rick Adelman. Doesn't doesn't scream Hall of Fame coach to me, but probably a significantly more uh, accomplished coach than Bill Russell, right? He won a thousand games. He coached, yeah. for, you know, he coached for a long time. Doesn't jump out to me as a he Hall of Fame coach. Ninth all time in NBA wins. Okay, 
Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, I don't know what the – if the top eight are in, what are you going to do? He's a Hall of Fame coach. Sure, give it Rick Adelman. Yeah. But I agree with you. You're right. You were right. You are right. You tried to tap out, and now – and I didn't. And now I'm like, I don't know any of these coaching records. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So that's basically it. Then there's another guy who was way before our time, Marcus Houston. Or Marquise. I'm sorry, Marquise Johnson. Marcus Johnson. I don't know. Mark. It's either Marcus Johnson, Marquise Johnston, Marcus Houston, or Marquise Houston. I tell you, man, I I smoked a, I smoked a joint before this show. That should have been Myers Leonard' excuse too. Which uh, <laughs> I have to say, man, I really like something about you know I like edibles. Something about smoking it though. Smoking weed. You know, it's just it just feels good. It feels good to get stoned. I don't know where I'd be without marijuana. Seriously. I don't know where I'd be. Like when you give up booze, you need something. Like Where would I be? I don't know. But I, <laughs> but I love that. I love when you do this episode and you become one of the judges on American Idol. Your giant mug <laughs> with straw in it. Yeah, that's a no for me, dog. Should, should Rick Adelman be in? You're like, that's a no for me, dog. What is this? I don't know, man. You know what I've learned, too? I love the goddamn straw. The gigantic it's metal massive. thermos mug. You know how I am about my water, man. It's, it is it is like an OCD kind of thing where I have to pee and have it clean and a clear urine. It's weird. Uh, but I noticed on your end... You're drinking a nice, cold Miller Lite, Joe Prano. The official sponsor of the Dirty Sports Podcast. The original light beer. And a fine Pilsner. A fine American Pilsner. I just love it so much. I wish I could turn the camera and show you that within arm's reach here is that beautiful Miller Lite fridge that they sent us. It'll be it'll be putting you to sleep, Andy, when you sleep here in the dent den. we putting you to sleep with that beautiful humming sound that it makes while it keeps these crisp golden pilsners cold well you gotta be loving you know the direction we're headed because that's gonna equal more miller time with friends right joe oh i love it i cannot wait to return to a sunny ballpark and enjoy a crisp golden miller light i told you before the show started andy told you before the show started i've got it trip planned tentative trip planned to see my Mets at Bush stadium in St. Louis. And I'm not going to name names here, but not the preferred beverage. They would have me there, but I'm going to buck the trend. And I will say, damn you St. Louis people. I'm having me a Miller light. It's the best Pilsner there is. That's right. guys. It's the best beer there is. Miller light. Great taste with only 96 calories and 3.2 carbs. However, you and your friends are enjoying Miller time. You can have the original light beer delivered by going to MillerLight.com forward slash dirty sports and find the delivery options near you. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories and 3.2 carbs per 12 ounces. So we got through the Hall of Fame, I believe. I'll tell you who's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Miller Light. Yeah. First ballot. They already wear a golden jacket. They've already got a golden top. 
It's a good plug right there, Joe Prano. Thank you. It's a great plug right there. You want to talk a little coming to America? Yeah. I watched it today and I texted you and I said, did you see it? And you reminded me that you did see it. And then you put up a picture of faux Joe Prano on, on Twitter. I mean, he's pretty uh, close to you, by the way. Yeah. He was also in one division. You know who called that out? Who's that? My sister-in-law, Kelly. I was watching it at my brother's place. My brother, he crashed early. Like he fell asleep on the couch. And uh, she could not stop. We, like we were dying. She's like, that's Joe Brano. She's like, pause it. Pause it. You got to You got to put this out Hilarious. there. I love it. Anytime anybody has a mustache now, people are like, it's Joe Brano. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. it, it, it kind of, you know, there was enough there. Sure. There was brown enough hair, there. brown hair, thick stash. There, there was enough there. Yeah. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Now, I before we go into this. After watching the second one, I rewatched the next one, or I'm sorry, the original, the next night, which mm-hmm. I, which I'm glad I did. They've been running it all over the place, sure. And I I watched I've watched parts of it multiple times in the last couple of weeks just because it's been on, and I knew it was coming, and I didn't know I knew it was coming to Amazon. <laughs> Uh, I knew it was coming. I actually didn't realize that it was coming to Amazon, that it was going to be free for Amazon Prime. So I was stoked about that. I don't know if I would have, you know, seeked it out, sought it out if I was having to pay for it or if it was on a non-platform I owned or something like that. But when I realized that I was going to be able to watch it for free, I was like, oh, I'm going to watch it. So I've watched parts. I got to say, I really enjoyed it. I didn't like, I wasn't like, oh my God, it's bananas good. But I, I really enjoyed it. And I think what I really enjoyed about it was that it didn't try too hard. It wasn't just a nostalgia fest for the first one. I hate it when movies that are like sequels or like remakes are just like, we're going to do everything exactly the same. The whole thing's going to be identical. I thought it was just enough of like references to the first one, maybe a little too many, but like, but that's what you're it's 30 years later. You knew that was going to be happening, but it wasn't like aggressive. And um, I thought the storyline was really fun. But I think what I liked most is what I liked most about the original one, which is it's not one of these over the top comedies. It's not a Ben Stiller like, let's be super big the whole time. If you remember about the first one, like everybody is funny around Eddie Murphy and Arsenio Hall. And they're like, you know, fish out of water, Africans in Queens. And the whole cast from Sexual Chocolate to McDowell's, the, you know, the cast is great. Everything, everything, you know, is, is around them being kind of straight men, if you will. And I love that. Yeah. And they didn't go over the top in this one. And they didn't go over the top in this one with like, you know, his illegitimate son isn't like an over the top character. Like all the other people are over the top, except for the kind of the main people, you know, that the the main characters in the storyline. And I like that. And they didn't, they didn't up that factor for this one where it's like, Oh, 30 years later, we got to go bigger. Everything's got to be bigger. But like, just like in the first one, all the people that need to be big, like I thought Wesley Snipes was hilarious, you know, the like the singing uh the singing like 
body, you know, like a guy in the palace is hilarious once again, you know, and then just enough throwbacks. Louis Anderson makes an appearance, you know, daddy McDowell makes an appearance. Like they basically brought everybody back from the first one. I thought the barber shop was funny. It was obviously not as dirt. Like, so the one so, thing so, is so, so that's, R, that's, it wasn't R rated. That's that's so that's where I'm going to start. So going in, I looked up the rating. I do have problems. Like if we're going to, if we're going to be hundred percent honest here, I don't like when an R rated comedy then goes non R in the next film. I major, completely agree with you. Major league did that. And it was abomination. This wasn't, I agree. Like this overall was pretty good, but I just don't like what I liked about the first one. And it's so good. Like it coming to America is a classic. Like it so really good. is. It's, it's so, so good. good. It's so funny. The cameos, like you said, what's so good about both is it's, it's supporting cast is great. Like yeah. in the first one, the Samuel L. Jackson scene is so funny. The landlord in the first one is so funny. There are yeah. so many side characters that are so funny. And I like that it was edgy. Like, you know, in this series too, Tracy Morgan was great. I thought Leslie, Leslie Jones I thought was Leslie great. Jones was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, for sure. I, I, I agree with you. I think, Gotta you know, R, man. I, I 100% agree with that. And it was missing that edge. It was missing, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. You know, it was missing, shut the fuck up. When he screams out the thing, because they do that joke, but they don't do it like, but the, you know, here's what I'll say. I just gave you a review and then I get to that. Like, I thought sure. it was good enough, but I 100% agree with you. That will, that is what kept it from being like another classic. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I mean, it's good. Like we said, all those, all those people were great in it in the second one. Um, and holy shit, man, black don't crack. I mean, from everybody, right? That's what I'm saying. Every, like every actor looks great for their age. Um, his wife, you're like, you're like, you're like James old Jones ain't dying. <laughs> like, like, Dude, he's he 90. two years younger than he was in the first one. He James, that's what I'm saying. My brother and I were looking on our phone. We, we that we were talking about that when the movie started, we're like, oh, everybody looks so good. You, you know, his wife who plays Lisa, Sherry Headley, the actress. Dude, she looks great. She's like 57. Yeah. She looks amazing. Everybody, Eddie Murphy, Arsenio Hall, like everybody looks, everybody in their 50s, 60s, everybody looked great. Yeah. Um, Wesley Snipes is like 95, but that, but he's like a real vampire. He's basically Blade. So, like, we're no surprise that he's the youngest looking person in the cast. I thought he was great. Like the warlord style. He was thing. great. Yeah. I, I 100% agree with you. I would say, listen, is it a classic comedy? No, but like the bar has been set for remakes, sequels, all this stuff to be so garbage. And I enjoyed it. And I even think when he arrives to the barbershop for the first time, all the jokes about them, uh, like all the African jokes about them were hilarious. And yes, if it was R, it could have been an eight out of 10. It's probably more like a six out of six and a half out of 10. It could have been, you know, who knows how, how great it could have been if they went R and they should have. Cause why not? Why aren't, why, why, why? Because I agree. Why Eddie Murphy doesn't swear anymore. And he only does like, but like this could have been the return to that. So I agree with you. That would be my criticism. Otherwise 
I've seen it. I've seen some people say it was great. I've seen some people say it was garbage and I just do not think it was, I think it was a very respectable, like long sequel. Usually when you do this stuff and it's like, it's 20 years later, you're like, it's so bad. I wish I never did it. I wish it well, I, here's what I like the original. They just cut to the chase in, in yeah. both movies. Like the plot is very straightforward you know, there's no because I was like, oh, is he going to be looking for his son all over right. New York? No, all, he gets him immediately, brings him back. That's what I'm saying. There's no pussyfooting around it. They're just boom. We got the plot. We're going to attack it. We're going to be funny. We're going to be comedic. Now, there, there is the if I'm, if I'm going to nitpick. You know, they're trying to do the like, oh, this is an old thing with women can't be le- like I, you know, there is part of me who's like, oh, you're trying to, you know, you're trying to push some sort of kind of agenda thing. Maybe, maybe. Sure. Like in the plot. That's fine. It wasn't over the top. No, it wasn't over the top. It's not like some of these movies where I think yeah. it's it's blatantly like over the top. We're going to try to push that. Overall, I agree. I'd give it a six and a half to seven out of ten. I laughed. If I'm laughing out loud, it's good. And everybody's yeah. so talented. Yeah. I thought it was really good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was an enjoyable afternoon. It was raining here today. I said, rainy movie day. I looked at things. I was like, oh, I haven't seen Coming to America. I'm going to watch it. Enjoyable. Enjoyable. I liked it. But the first one, man. God damn, right. that's funny. Totally. Listen, as far as the Coming to America series go, I rank it like this. The original, Francisco Lindor dressed as Eddie Murphy arriving to spring training and then coming to America. But like, I feel like that's fair. I feel like that's a fair. I feel like that's a fair ranking. Yeah, I heard. Wasn't Eddie Murphy supposed to get back into stand up? You know, he's talked about it for years. I think he did Marin recently, which I should listen to. I like Marin's podcast when he has good guests on i'm sure he made a mention of i'm if maron didn't ask him he should be ashamed of himself there was certainly talk for a while like there was talk he was gonna do like have some specials yeah okay well this this is a headline okay wow i just put eddie murphy stand up into google cnn four days ago eddie murphy wants to get back to stand up when the pandemic is over Deadline six days ago, Eddie Murphy tells Kevin Hart um, the plan is to do more stand up more. He wasn't doing any. What was he doing? My my manager just texted me. Yes. Talked about it on Marin. She also as a uh, Prince Stan reference, the Prince song in in coming to America. Randy, we know you love Prince. I mean, he just God, the talent on that guy. Prince or Eddie Murphy? Both. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and good friends. Yeah, I've been rewatching all the speaking of Prince, I've been rewatching all the old Chappelle shows. Did I talk about this? What Probably through did. through through what channel, by the way? Like what where is it airing? Netflix. Okay. And they don't I know have, it's also on HBO Max. I don't know which one he's he was well, beefing with originally. I think all of them, but they're all paying him. Great. And it doesn't do the widescreen like it do. It does it how it's originally shot. 
And uh, God, I'm just glad. I'm just glad Dave Chappelle is finally getting paid. Don't you dare. Don't you dare. I'm a Dave Chappelle. What? No one's more of a bigger Dave Chappelle fan than me. But like, I think I am Dave. I'm glad you're getting paid. He's my, no, oh. he, 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 dude, he's been my guy for like, I would go ahead years. and finish off the payments on that Ohio farm. If I were him now that, now that he's got that Netflix money, he's the guy, man. I swear to God, these things are that gather so funny. If you, if you haven't watched Chappelle show, you got, you got, there's only two seasons that are on Netflix. Cause basically that's what it was. You know, I used to skip class when season two came out. I don't know if I've talked about that. I was in one of the, were you in night class? Yeah, it was a six 30 to nine o'clock class. Um, There's eight people in my class. It's one of those 400 level English, like British literature classes, whatever, you know, at that point of college where, you know, you read books and you discuss them and write papers. And when the second season came out, I believe the second season came out in January and the show, this is pre DVR. The show would start at nine. Class ended at nine central time. So I started leaving class again. It's an eight person class. You're not even in a classroom. It's like this small, almost like uh, just, just discussion room. My teacher's like, well, what are you doing? And I was like, Chappelle show. I, I was like, by the time I get home, I'll miss like the first five minutes. And she's like, what? I remember this dork in my class who loved Chappelle. And I'm telling me, he's like, I can't believe it's like, that's the balls on you. Like you're just leaving for like the next. He's like, you're failed, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I think I even got an A in that class. Like, he's like, I can't believe you're leaving. I'm like, dude, I'm not, you know, DVR didn't exist back then. It's 2004. I'm like, or it did. We didn't have it. I'm like, I'm not missing the start of the show. It's a 30 minute show, which is what, Joe? 18 to 22 minutes with commercials. Yeah. And, Damn, it was funny. I, I, I can res- I can probably recite more lines from that show than any other show. Like I've watched because there's only two seasons. I've watched Chappelle show definitely more than any other show I've ever watched. It doesn't yeah. even come close. Like I own all the DVDs. I mean, I mean, that's the thing, too, is like that was the whole thing with the, his huge deal was because it was like one of the first shows where everybody's like, I have to own all the seasons so I can rewatch it. So he sold hella DVDs. And then they saw how many DVDs they were selling. They were like 50 million to come back. It's crazy, man. Yeah, he's he he could probably buy Ohio at this point. Yeah. Everything about it. Um, we got a lot of good calls, but I want to I want to rapid fire through some news. Okay. Let's rapid and fire I, some news. NHL coming back to ESPN. I know Hooray. you're excited. I am. I am because I didn't get uh the home shopping network. <laughs> Or wherever they're playing their other games. This is good for them. Good. Yeah. Great. Great for hockey. So basically, uh, the deal is probably going to be worth double what their current deal is. God, it's funny when you look at these numbers versus the NFL, it doesn't even compare. But uh, yeah, NHL, ESPN, that, that's, how, that's what we grew up. Yeah. I mean, obviously, the- they have a so the the NHL NBC deal is this this is they're switching back or this is separate from that or it might be separate they think they think NBC might also have a chunk got it so uh 
good. I mean, maybe it'll make me watch a hockey game from time to time. I watched, like, I would say in the last couple of years, I've watched five minutes of that Lake Tahoe game that they then canceled because it was like too hot. And I haven't, I haven't watched a whole lot of hockey. Yeah, me either. But, but you're, are you not a Columbus Blue Jackets fan these days? No, I'm not. I mean, I used to be a Cincinnati Cyclones fan. The uh, minor, league, minor team. league team. Yeah. Fucking Cyclones game used to be wild, bro. I mean, listen, hockey's fun in person. That's it for is. Sure. It's one of the best sports in person. It, it, You know, it's 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 a reverse of so many sports. Like I would say a lot of sports are better. I mean, obviously baseball is a very like great in-person sport because you're getting to enjoy so much outside of the game itself. Football at this point, I'm almost going to say football is way better on TV. Basketball is fully where you sit. If you can sit close in a basketball game, it's in, it's the best sport to watch if you're really close in my opinion. And then if you're far away, may as well watch it on TV. Hockey, I almost can't stomach it on television. And I love to go to games. Yeah. Oh, hockey live is great. It's great. And if, if you find like, I think girls who like hockey are chill too. Okay. Like, like if you go to hockey games and there's like, oh, chicks are like, those are like fun girls. If they're in hockey. Girls in gigantic oversized sweaters. Yeah. My, my buddy, when I was in St. Louis, he showed me he was in town a month after the denting. And we went to a Ducks-Kings playoff game. That was the year the Kings won, one of the years that they won recently, mm-hmm. Stanley Cup. And we went to a playoff game at Staples, and he showed me the video. Oh, my God. Like, I, it, it, there's certain times where I forget how bad I was. I'm waving the towel. I look like a special needs person. I'm just going to say like, I'm waving the towel during the game and I'm like, cancel, 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 cancel. Like my face can't move. Oh, and, this is po- oh, right. Post denting. Yeah. This is like a month after the denting. Right. And I look so bad. Like I had no, like, again, you think it's not as bad because it's yourself. Oh my God. And then he showed me a few pictures from me in the old smut studio. I'm on my laptop and like one eye is closed and I'm like, like typing. Like you, you, you lived with it. I know. I, a certain, rem- I remember. Like, like, would you go home from the podcast? And be like, wow, Ruther looks fucked up, man. Yeah. All the time, all the time. <laughs> But I did a pretty good job, I think, keeping it real and roasting you on the air. <laughs> sure. It's not like I was keeping it to myself and going home. No. And he looks bad. It's a good point. You did call me Vanilla Sky. <laughs> yeah. I still have a lot of here's a here's emails. a here's a sad um, thing to admit. You know, I've been to a few Ducks games. I have yet to be to an L.A. Kings game at Staples. It's fun. Something I, something I should do. Because I like fun. hockey in person. I, I my buddy was pretty impressed with the he, he knows hockey. He was pretty impressed. He thought they I've heard good things good. about hockey, hockey at stables. Yeah. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. Enjoy the $45 uh mixed drinks, though. Sure. I mean, dear God. I would Can, never, I would never, Andy. 
I would never order a mixed drink at a at a LA Kings game. I would only ever order the greatest beer ever brewed. There you go. There you go. That's exactly how you plug. That's it. Miller Lite for those people who are not watching yeah. on on video. So the CFL and the XFL might partner and be one football league that no one watches. Yeah, it's, it's the rumors. Okay. They're they were both done otherwise. Are they both no CFL? CFL is very much a thing. CFL's been a thing for, for years. years. Yeah. When the Rock just bought the XFL. You know, the rock just bought the entire league. Yeah, we talked about it. Listen, I don't remember. I black out during these shows and and for no other reason than we just do so many of them. I agree. You forget. Yeah. Yeah. So he's one of the main owners now. The rock. Now, this, like now, now, what's interesting about this is CFL has different rules, right? So keep those rules. Are they going to keep well, the gray cup? Yeah, why not? There's a history there. Otherwise, besides what the aggro crag or whatever they gave out in the XFL. I mean, there's been some interesting players who've had careers who also had great NFL careers in the CFL. Yeah. Warren Moon, correct? Warren Moon, correct. CFL, Doug Flutie. Rocket Ishmael went straight to CFL for the money. Yep. That's it. Three. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's been other guys. There's definitely been other guys there's who three came guys. From up there. I don't, I don't know all of them, but there's other guys. I go to a CFL game too. Yeah, the great. I tell you what, those those Canadian fans, they love their, they love their CFL. Those yeah. Rough Riders, the Argonauts. I'm sure there's other the Caribou. In the uh, pine trees. The one team called Eskimos, I think, got canceled. Eskimo, did they? For real. I, I, I just can't keep Basically, up. With this point. They were the CFL's Redskins. Yeah. Actually, if they would have changed it, the, 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 I don't know what, I'm assuming the mascot looked like somebody, you know, Stan Peters. You call and ask him out. They should have changed it to two friends high fiving with the girl in between that they realized oh, that, wow. they, that they were Eskimo brothers, which I'm a fan of for the record. Being Eskimo brothers with yeah, somebody? I like it. Okay. Sharing's caring. I think it's great. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say sharing is caring anymore. Cancel, cancel, cancel. Do girls have a similar term? Do women have a similar term? I don't know. I actually would love to know the answer to this. Do women have a similar term? And is this a strictly male heterosexual term? Do gay men say Eskimo Eskimo sisters? I'm, I got a lot of digging to do. I'm going to find this out tonight. I'm going to text different <laughs> different peeps with different backgrounds. Be up late, Joe. That's what happens. Also, what do Eskimos call each other if they both hooked up with the same woman? Just brothers? Yeah. Is I, I actually don't know this. I'm, I'm, this isn't like, I'm not trying to be funny or something like that, but did they change it? Like, is the term Eskimo like a, is it like Red Seeds? Like, was it considered a slur? Or they were just like, how dare you call your team the Eskimos? Like, we didn't. I think that was something. Speaking of canceled, I, my manager is watching the show tonight. She's all over me via text. She said, have you guys talked about Space Jam 2 and them cutting Pepe Le Pew? 
Well, it's funny that she brings that up because there's two things with Pepe Le Pew. One. We talked about this years ago. We talked about it years ago. And even before us in Dave Chappelle's back to the goat, the original special, his first ever special, his 2000 HBO special, um, which I believe is killing them softly. He mentions how rapey Pepe Le Pew is. And he is. And you and I have joked about it. Yeah, we did this years ago. We tried to we tried to to start to cancel Pepe Le Pew. We were laughing about it. I know for sure on a podcast how rapey he is. But see, again, look, this is this is my some advice to some of the cancel culture. We took it from a hey, this is fucked up comedic stand up kind of comedian way, just like Chappelle did way before us. You, You know, he's the originator. When, when you come at it so hard, then the other people get all worked up, even though he is a rapist. Like, 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 what are we debating here, though? I, I haven't really seen the other side. What are they trying to debate about Pepe Le Pew? He is a rapist. Um, I believe uh, I believe Ben Shapiro's response is that, you know, he he was a, a valuable member of the Space Jam squad and what people do in their private lives should not affect their playing time on their basketball teams or something like that. And if you're going to, if, if, you know, if LeBron can participate while not speaking out about uh, the atrocities of the Chinese government, then why can't Pepe Le Pew and open rapist play or something like that? I don't know. I don't want to, I don't want to paraphrase, but Speedy Gonzalez is not canceled. I don't know. No, but again, but again, Speedy Gonzalez, the, and you know, who the, defended, you know, who does the voice of him in Space Jam two, is uh fluffy. And he went hard on Twitter, like, don't you dare, because the person who wrote the New York Times piece also tried to cancel Speedy. Right. And then all the Mexicans, I don't want to say all I'm like <laughs> all the Mexican government stepped in. Most people who are Mexican, they're like, dude. Nope, you're wrong on this one. We love Speedy. I just don't know why we didn't c- cancel Pepe Le Pew for a cross species, you know, pursuit. Like she wasn't even a skunk, bro. She just accidentally would get her tail painted in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> it was the same. Also, Pepe Le Pew, like, I mean, he was so far down the rankings in terms of like Looney Tunes. I needed to see. Oh, he was one of the worst. Things. But, but you know, Foghorn Leghorn has weighed in. He's been like, well. I'll, I'll tell you, as long as Pepe Le Pew is a, a a stand-in for the anthem, he can be on my team anytime. Blue Lives Matter. You're like, okay, Foghorn, relax. Pepe was also definitely. Oh, if we're gonna cancel Pepe from the team, we should talk about this stolen election. Am I right? And you're like, all right, Foghorn Leghorn, you need to relax. I mean, who 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 is the best? Looney Tune character. I so you want to hear something? My favorite of all time, and I wrote about this. We had to write about our heroes. We took a practice SAT in high school, and we had to write about somebody who inspired us. And I wrote about how Wiley Coyote just will not like. It, I've never seen somebody with more hustle and heart. The guy yeah. just refused to give up. 
He refused to give up and he tried everything. He tried rockets on his roller skates. I mean, how many, this guy has spent more money on anvils than ever. I mean, no, his bill at the Acme co has got to be like, he's, he's been paying me off these credit cards for years. The guy never quit. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to get that road runner and I am not going to quit. And I wrote about him being my hero. And my teacher was so livid. It was like, people are writing about Rosa Parks and you're writing about Wiley Coyote. And I was like, I don't know what you want me to tell you, man. The guy just did not quit. That is funny. You did a whole paper on Wiley Coyote. Yeah. And then in the SATs. Marijuana is a hell of a drug, buddy. And this is before I even had smoked for the one time in my life. And then on the SATs, it was literally the exact question. I was like, well, now should I not write Wiley Coyote? I think I wrote about Jackie Robinson or some shit. And I didn't even care. I was like, can you believe what he went through? Meanwhile, Wiley Cody, the dude never quit. Best Looney Tune, in my opinion. And, you know, rooting for the villain a little bit. Yeah. I Look, I'm not going to debate it. I don't know who I would choose. I know I don't care about Space Jam 2. I didn't care about Space Jam 1. Still haven't seen it. Yeah. Or did Nick and I watch it? I don't remember. I think we watched it one day and I was like, fuck this. I'm going to get some food or something. Dude, it's going to be tough. I mean, I just, I just wanted to, you know, again, Yosemite Sam and Foghorn Leghorn. They're like, I hate defending a Frenchman, but like cancel culture is out of control. You want to do some calls? Is he, well, do, you, do you think Yosemite Sam will thing or will, is LeBron James like curbing gun violence by not like will Yosemite Sam just have like no guns? I don't know, man. I, I, you're not getting me down this LeBron rabbit hole two episodes in a row. I'll tell you that much. Not I, just gonna... know, I just know, you know. Say it. I just know. I just know. Clay Travis is like, listen. If Marvin Martian, who's not even from this planet, can stand for the anthem, then so can, <laughs> so can NBA player. Is that his name, Marvin Martian? Yeah. I guess I don't know enough about the Looney Tunes. I love the Looney Tunes back in the day when it like my me and my brother were Looney Tunes stands. Like when it became like. The Warner Brothers store or the Disney store, like at the mall, you're just like, dude, I don't even want to go into the Disney store. Like, I'm all Looney Tunes all day. I and mean, then, we, of course, like Animaniacs. Like, oh, Animaniacs was great. Uh, Pinky and the Brain. Oh, yeah. We have talked so much non sports. I mean, this is just, this is, this is, I don't even know why we call ourselves dirty sports. I really don't. It's a terrible episode. We're reviewing. Coming to America, talking Looney Tunes, all these non-sports things. Let's get to some calls where uh, we'll do some more non-sports stuff. How about that, Joe? Is sure. it? I, I feel pretty. I mean, we did. We did Dak. We did the Hall of Fame. We did Myers Leonard. NHL's coming back. XFL and CFL. We did plenty of sports. What else was on the rundown? Skip Bayless signed a new contract. Fuck Skip Bayless. If you watch him or care about him, you should kill yourself. Yeah, but that's the problem, man. People do. People do. They 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 do. It's and, and our listeners do. Like I don't care. I honestly I don't know. I blocked I blocked him like three years ago. I don't, I don't care. I, 
But like if you so I don't even see takes anymore. I don't see anything. I, I just let, let me let me say this. I don't understand the person who enjoys watching a pundit, whether they're sports or politics, when you know they're not saying how they really feel. Yeah, I don't get that. I don't get it at all. Right. It's, it's the same way that I don't understand. I think a lot. I think he's one of those people where well, he's not interesting. No, he's not interesting. But I think he's one of those people who. He like the idea that Skip Bayless, I don't know what his contract was like. You you put this on thirty two million dollars. Right. So here's the deal. He's made he's made he's made one million. His new contract is for one million times more than he should be getting paid. He isn't worth $32, but he drives attention by being loot, like insane. So he probably does like in his heart, believe this stuff these days because he's like, I gotta believe it. I don't think he does. He's convinced himself that he's right. And he's like, yeah, and it's worth 32. Yeah, who cares? But Joe, jo- you know what? Honestly, gives Shannon a great platform. Shannon is like, on the right side of it so many times and he needs skip Bayless to be the idiot. Shannon's about to be a free agent. He's welcome on the Zuri sports podcast. Anytime. I mean, skip, I can just hear him. Andy, come on, Andy, come on. Talking about vaccines, Andy, come on. I don't think most people know it's all scripted bullshit. I just don't. I don't think most people know that. And it it is crazy to me that somebody can sit there and listen and actually care. Yet, but like, I don't even know anybody who watches those shows. Like, in, well, nobody does. If, if you look at the numbers in real time, there it's just click. It's 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 like the late night shows now. It's, it's just it's the Twitter, next day a yes. clip. So Skip Bayless is paying, getting paid thirty two million dollars to be a guy getting absolutely sunned by Shannon Sharp the next day on Twitter in 60 second clips. That's all. I mean, maybe it's because I have, uh, maybe it's because I follow Shannon and have skip blocked, but like, I don't see a lot of viral videos where, where, where skips just like dunking on people. Skips just always getting dunked on. But, but look, skip, I- is the, skip is the Sean Bradley of like sports commentators. His highlight reel is just, it's just guys putting their nutsack <laughs> on him. But that's my point. Who is I still I can't enjoy someone getting dunked on when I know it's fake. I just I don't I don't get that mindset because it's it's not entertaining enough. At least when you're watching a reality show, you know it's fake, but like I don't know. I don't get it, man. I don't understand it. I never will. Like the fake crap is bad. Yeah. The day the day after they the day they announced his contract, the day before, it was the hundred and fortieth. I have the tweet here. Listen to this. It was their show was the uh it was the hundred and fortieth ranked show on cable the day before they announced it. It's like nobody's you're right. Nobody's watching. Yeah. Nobody's watching in real time. It's all like 
it'll be trending on Twitter because fucking morons are like, dude, you see what Skip said that fucking Shannon and Shannon dunked all. Oh, my God. Skip Bayless. Like it, it's the same Trump thing of like your hate following Trump. I don't get it. I'm an equal opportunity blocker. I've got I've had I had Trump blocked for years. I have Skip blocked. I have Jamil Hill blocked. I don't need all this nonsense in my life. It's all, it's all fake. Which I know is a surprise to the people who have called me a wo- liberal, woke, cancel culture comedian. Let's I've get this. Got, got Sean King blocked, although he's also got me blocked. So you're Eskimo brothers. We're Eskimo blockers. Um, let's get to some calls. First it. off, Venice Beach. This is this is from a SoCal dirt ball. This is his take on Venice Beach. Canceled. Hi, guys. I heard that one caller's solution to save Venice Beach. And the problem is you can't save Venice Beach. It's gone. The best thing we can do is try to figure out some plan, maybe use the Lex Luthor plan for Superman 1 where he's firing the rockets in California. Let's just let's just sink Venice Beach. Let's sink the entire coastline until Pasadena and La Cunada basically become the uh, West Coast, uh, the beachfront property. It'd be a lot nicer. Okay, stay there, you guys. Bye. Venice will be back. We had we Andy. We lived there in a window when it was like like. Let's not convince ourselves that Venice was like great before we were we we were there. We ushered in greatness to Venice Beach, but they called it where the debris meets the sea. I mean, it was a cesspool, also ghetto by the sea. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it even was, when we were there, like, even when we were there, you're right. I, I, the dirt balls. If you've listened to the show long enough, you know. So many homeless, so many countless homeless stories. I mean, remember, you know, Vince feasting on uneaten pizza slices, just, you know, thrown away in like meth bonanzas. Yeah, it's gotten to a terrible place. Listen, there is so much that's happened in California, in the world, in, uh, you know, everywhere in regards to all this stuff. And. You know, we I talked to a police officer who was like, it's the stay at home order and this is technically their home and there's nothing we can do about it and blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. Like, I'm not even I'm not I don't even care about all that. It's but the bottom line is it is. Coastal real estate in Los Angeles, California. The story was like three years ago that it was like the most expensive per square foot real estate in LA with all the nice, with Bel Air, with Beverly Hills, with all that stuff. Like it's still coastal. Like it will be figured out. It's, you know, we've both abandoned it, but like there's part of it where you don't want it figured out too much. You don't want it becoming the cleanest place. You don't want it becoming Santa Monica. Not that Santa Monica is like super clean out, but you don't want that turning into that. There is a middle ground. We were there in a pretty golden era of Venice where they got out of it being a a nightmare. And then obviously it's returned to an even worse uh, nightmare of a situation. But these these things are cyclical. It'll be back and we'll have we'll you know, we'll eventually be like, can you believe that our apartments cost what they did? And now look at them. They're three grand a month. Yeah, I mean, look, the real estate for sure. There's a lot of things that have to be figured out. 
also. I mean, it's bad. I was watching some videos. Now the real estate, it's finally hit. I just think I just think it's pretty low on the list of priorities in terms of things is like keeping Venice clean. But like eventually when they start checking off other boxes, they'll get down that far on the list. But LA City proper yeah. has has just a serious homeless problem. Sure, sure. Like, like uh, it's like I said last time. I don't know the answers, but just building. I do. I know the answers, but we don't. We've we don't have to go down the a long. You know, we don't have to do a in depth political diatribe on like how to solve homelessness in L.A. and America. But it starts with like let's stop pretending like drugs aren't a thing or like whatever. Stop having homeless shelters where you're like, well, you can't bring drugs in. Well, guess what? Drug addicts aren't going to want to come in then. So start there. Yeah. Well, what are we supposed to do? Have, have drug bonanza dens. Yeah. There's other parts of the world where they do that, where they're like, put your drugs in the safe for the night and you got to talk to a counselor and whatever. Cause honestly, as long as you're trying to get people, I talked about it all the time. This is like pre all this stuff, but they used to bring a bus down to the Venice beach and be like, come on, if you want to go to the homeless shelter. And they're like, I don't because I can't do drugs there. And because people steal my shit. So instead of just dumping money into more homeless shelters, more homeless shelters, more homeless shelters, take a, a, an intelligent look at it. If the majority of people are on drugs, but you won't let them bring drugs to the homeless shelter, then they're not going to come. Drugs are powerful. So why, that's literally that's why, that's why we need to legalize them. One. So literally step one. Think but, outside the box a little bit. Which is legalizing drugs, though. That's part of it. Sure. All right. Let's get to this Kyle Aronofsky call. What's going on, boys? Kyle Aronofsky calling back once again from beautiful Tom's River, New Jersey, home of the 1998 Little League World Series champions. And I'm sitting here uh, pretty stoned in bed. And I think I thought of a... Uh, fun game that could be played while you know things are down a bit in sports there's not much to talk about so you guys are a little older obviously than most of the listeners i'd say um there are a couple moments that you know i was a kid for barely remember that i'd be interested to hear your um your experience as on you know, i can't even fucking talk your experiences um when it happened the one is the malice at the palace and the other one's the butt fumble i'm interested to hear you know where you guys were what like your initial thoughts were on those, those are two pretty uh, prominent events in the last 20 years or so. That's it. Times uh, are for my drug dealer because I'm out of weed. So I know where I was from Malice the Palace. I was in the one through one, the famous one through one in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I'm going to give dates real quick. I have the 2004? dates. 2004? November 19th, 2004 was Malice in the Palace. 2012. November 22nd, 2012 was the butt fumble. I have no idea where I was for the butt fumble. I can tell you with one. It, it was Thanksgiving. Oh, was it? Yeah. It was the night game. I can tell you exactly where I was. I have no idea where I was. The butt fumble, I was at home. That's when I was a nanny and I had been at the By the way, putting these on the same level is ludicrous, but please continue. I agree. I was by myself because I had been with her and her son for like the first couple games, Thanksgiving. And I had recently come home. That was the, that was when they first around the time when they started doing the night game or at least within that sphere. And I remember that was one of those things where like, I looked up right the TV and I was like, what? 
And, uh, but yeah, it, it, like I remember how funny it was. I was yeah. also by myself Thanksgiving night. I have no idea where I was for the butt fumble. No clue. Thanksgiving 2012. I could figure it out, but I have no recollection. I have a vivid recollection of where I was for the Malice in the Palace because it was an ESPN Friday night game. Friday night national yeah. game. Um, I was at the one three one pregame to go out. Um and we just like loved it. Like I was we we were just like we were like, this is the best. <laughs> um crazy that it happened on national TV. Yeah. Yeah. And uh yeah, I remember I remember exactly where I was. I remember I was sitting at my kitchen, like we had we had like a kitchen counter with like bar stools set up at it, and I would sit behind that and watch TV. Was watching it right there, remember it happening, and remember being like, This is epic. I'll never so I wasn't a big NBA guy, like as far as you know, I didn't until I moved to a the West Coast, I didn't watch much regular season. I just didn't. But they started having more games on. I'll never forget your girl like this. I was in the Central West End. I was in my fifth year at St. Louis University. Okay. I was at a I was at a bar in the Central West End. What was the date on the Malice in the Palace? The Malice in the Palace was. Oh, I already I already deleted the call. I think it was November nineteenth, two thousand four. Okay. So the Pistons were defending champs at the time, correct? I think is what it was. Yeah. Yeah, they were. But I was in a bar with some of the guys in my fraternity. Same thing, pre-gaming. It was an early pre-game. Not many people were in the bar, right? Or at Central Time as well. And I'll never forget, like, like I was, I was drunk and I was buzzed up, and it happened, and it was, it was surreal. I remember all of those guys were like, "What? Well, what is happening?" And of course, we're watching as they re-show the replays. And Ron Artest going into the crowd. Like it was so surreal. And it was more surreal that I was watching it in real time. That's, that's what people got to remember. Like, like we, we watched that in real time. Yeah. It was an ESPN Friday night game and they didn't do nearly as many national TV games as they do now. Yeah. And I just remember it's crazy looking back on it. Like I said, if I was in my apartment back at school, I'm probably not watching that game's probably not on. We're yeah. probably playing drinking games and just listening to music or whatever. But the fact that I was at a bar and it was on, it was surreal. Crazy. Yeah, so crazy. I mean, we watched hours and hours of hours. replays and replays. Hours. I was watching. I was. I remember pre-gaming to go out. Always had NBA on at my apartment, especially that time. You know, that time of year, November. Always had I mean, if it wasn't the Knicks game on MSG, it was the national game. Just like we're gonna drink, we're gonna hang out. You know, that's a seven o'clock probably Eastern game or an eight o'clock Eastern game. It's a Friday night. We're not going out till 10, 11, who knows what time in New York. Hang out, drink, pregame at home, go out. And the same thing. You're you're drinking at home, you're watching hours and hours of replays, and then you go out. There's, it's still on all at the bar. Dude, it was so crazy. And I continued to drink all night. I remember waking up the next day and almost saying, did that happen? Yeah. Did that craziness happen last night? And like you said, they're just showing for days, weeks. 
I love seeing fans get their ass kicked too. Yeah, there was great. something. Remember, there was something about fans just getting. Remember jacked, Turtle getting knocked out, just getting clocked in the head. Something about that. I was like, yeah, fuck this guy. Like you're gonna talk shit to these NBA guys. Yeah, and you can get away with it in the past. Not now. Not with Ron Artest and Stephen Jackson out there. Oh yes, my fuck god! With wrong, fuck with the wrong team. Lucky Stephen Jackson didn't have access to his locker. He would have shot the. I'm going to get my other gun and shoot everybody. <laughs> Craziness. Okay, yeah. I'm reloading. <laughs> I mean, that that's one of those to, to watch in real time. Again, that's not like a, a World Series or like a Super Bowl. That's one of those that you like, you'll never that that I don't know where else I put up there as far as something I was watching in real time. Where you're like, holy shit, this is happening. Yeah. All right, time for uh, time for some shade my way. Oh boy. Hey, Prano. Hey, Ruther. Uh, this is Nathan, the number one Wisconsin dirtball, uh, first time caller, long time listener. Uh, just give him a quick call because I have a problem with Ruther getting the Kings Island pass as a nearly forty year old single guy. Um, I understand that you're not going to be going by yourself and you're going to be going with your family. You want to go with your nieces and your nephews, but I still think you're too old for that shit. I, I just, you need to grow up. I think that's too immature, but thanks. Bye. Man, shots fired. So I'm going to play both sides here because first of all, like he said, and like you said, you're going with your family. You're, you're literally taking nieces and nephews. You could essentially take your niece and your nephew. Like if your brother can't go and like, whatever you could be the guy, you may as well have a pass. Now, listen, could you, could you use Brad's pass or whatever? Like probably, but like, you know, is it worth, it's worth $120 not to even deal with like the getting arrested, sneaking in on somebody else's season pass or whatever. Now, Flip side of the coin is, I feel like you owe Aaron Mahoris a real apology. I feel like he's listening somewhere. He's wearing Mickey Mouse ears that have a script Aaron written on the front. And uh, while he redlines like a contract for the law firm, he's probably interning for. And I think you owe um, Aaron an apology because you roasted him for being a 20-something with the season pass to Disneyland. A little different, though. I, it is though. He's going with his girl on like NFL Sunday, dude. Again, I'm going with three through nine-year-olds. And like you said, some days when mommy and daddy have to work, oh, Uncle Andy's going to take you to Kings Island. I mean, there is an old a- Uncle Andy. There's an Andy where it was like, I'm not taking you to Kings Island. You're going to a Reds game. You're going to like it. No, no. Well, I'm saying, you know, we've softened up through the I years. We're taking no. edibles. I, I've never been that way with the kids. I've like, I've always been chill with the kids. I've had issues in, for sure and other things. Not with the kids. No, I've always been chill. And I'm taking them to Reds games too. Uh, no. Look. I'm doing this. It, it, here, here's the thing about Kings Island, especially versus like Disney. It's, Every time I hear Kings Island, it just wants me, makes me want those Kings Hawaiian rolls. It's also a very family park. It's like somebody was at, so, uh, you know, a dirt ball. We we're tweeting about like 
Cedar, like Cedar Point's like a roller coaster purist. Does that make sense? Like Kings yeah. Island is very family. There's so many family rides and there's a water park. And, you know, I will say full disclosure before bed the other night, I went down a deep Kings Island rabbit hole on my iPad, like watching videos of the coasters going looking at the Wikipedia. I forgot a, a bunch of these sitcoms that were filmed there that the Brady Bunch did the episode there. And then uh, here's some fun facts though. You're going to like this. People who have worked at Kings Island, Carmen Electra started her dancing career at Kings Island. Just kids getting on roller coasters with full boners. <laughs> Just cannot believe. <laughs> Woody Harrelson. Yeah, love it. Was a wood carver at Kings Island, and then That's I didn't, where he got the nickname Woody. I, I didn't realize this. Woody Harrelson graduated from Lebanon High School, which is Greater Cincinnati. Wow, he moved. I didn't realize he was, you know, this area. And then, of course, you know, Nick Lachey. Of course, he performed at a court quartet. <laughs> but then, guess who else worked there? Dan Patrick. Worked on the parks, golf course, and grounds wow. crew. So look, it's got a little history there, people. And 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 I think it's look, dude. What I did am Dan Patrick do? He worked on the grounds crew. And there's a golf course connected to it too. It's like a whole resort thing. Does that make sense? Like it's not yeah. just yeah. It's like Disneyland. Yeah. For Ohioans, which you now have a season pass to, which is why I'm saying a nice letter with a gift card to some sort of. You know, Midwest chain is probably should probably be arriving there in Harris's house. You know, here's some Jimmy Jones. Aaron, if you're listening, if you still listen, sorry I made fun of you. Although it was all in good fun, Aaron. Like it wasn't mean spirited. The call, he's telling me to grow up. He's going for it in the call. I am very immature in many ways, but getting a Kings Island pass to spend quality time. Maybe meet a wife. Come on. You never know. Hey, if you come to town, Kings Island, man. It's where it's at. How far is Kings Island from like where you are? It's like 40, 45 minutes. Jeez. It's, it's out there. 45 minutes deeper into Ohio. I could be wrong. I, yeah, I think it's about that. It's It's about that. Yeah, it's about 45 minutes. And Cedar Point is where? That's also in Ohio. That's Cle it's the Cleveland area. Okay. Yeah. Hey man. That that's another thing too. Is like I enjoy a good roller coaster. Like, yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah. And we joke about the quality of life, but the truth is, I don't have as many things to do here. Like, that's the truth. We so know. what's that? We know. <laughs> yeah, but my point is with the call. Like, dude, I'm not in LA right now. Like so also things are just now starting to open up, right? Like I started looking at concerts at the local venue by uh, my house, which is great. But even that, not many event, not many concerts happening until everybody gets vaccinated, LeBron. So everybody go get vaccinated and then this won't be a problem. But I just want to let you know, I played that call for some of my family members and, uh, they're going to find out where you live. So FYI, buddy. I like how you proclaimed this, the number one ranked Wisconsin Dirt Ball. 
Like he I just, love, I, I love the, I love the, the number one, you know, claims. I love them. Yeah. I'm all for it. I, I think it's funny too. Do we have time for, uh, sure we do. I got nothing to do today, Andy. My Wednesday is wide open. You can play two more calls if you want. I don't care. All right. I'm going to play this call. Uh, this is for you, mostly you, because, uh, you're the hack guy. Yo, what's up, boys? This is Alex Walters coming from the most dangerous city in the nation, Stockton, California. I got a question for uh, Joe specifically. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but on the Internet, there have been a big trend of people wearing hats that have no correlation to the team's colors or anything whatsoever, like people wearing red and white Dodger hats or pink and navy blue Yankees hats. And I know with Joe being a big hat guy, it would probably be uh, pretty curious about his take on that, whether he's for it or against it or just anything about it. Andy gives his opinion too. It's always interesting to get some clothing or fashion topics on the show. So stay dirty, boys. Well, I my answer is layered, but uh, the the first one is I'm 100% for it in some regard. Um, I have multiple hats of teams in different colors. Now, majority of mine are like my teams. So like I have a black and white Mets hat. We have ne- the Mets have never worn this hat. It's black and white. Now the Mets had black hats back in the day, black with blue, blue brims and blah, blah, blah. And I hate them and I've never owned one. Actually, I've owned a black one, but not with the blue brim. Blue brim disgusts me. Because black and blue should not be worn together. Anyway, um, I have a black and white Mets hat. Um, I have hats of other teams that don't fit. And I'm okay with it because I like to support my team and then also be able to wear it with stuff that doesn't net. Like an orange and blue Mets hat doesn't necessarily go with like my everyday wear. And so I like to have the option to support my team with different wears. Now, that being said, here's where I draw the line. You're not allowed to have, in my opinion, colors that like look like a team that is your rival or look like your team. Look Basically, I don't want a Mets hat that looks like another team's hat. Does that make sense? Like I wouldn't wear a Navy hat, Navy Mets hat with red and why on it's like, was that a Red Sox hat? Was that a, yeah. a, you know, a Braves hat? Um, I would never wear a red Mets hat because we obviously have the nationals are in our division. We have the Phillies in our division. I've seen, you know, black Dodgers hats, which I think are pretty cool, but like, I wouldn't wear a black and orange Dodger hat. It looks way too much like a San Francisco giants hat. So I think it's it's a it's on a case by case basis, but I'm okay with it unless it's like strange. Like I've seen a million red Yankees hats, and like people wear all over New York wear like a red Yankees hat, and you're like, okay, I don't wear a lot of red personally. I mean, I'm wearing a red hoodie right now. Shout out to Kevy Kev for the gift, but um, I don't wear a lot of red. Now I've seen you know. Pink hats, okay. That's like, you know, girls are going to wear a pink hat, whatever. Green hats, okay. They always do a green hat around 
uh, St. Patrick's Day for every team during spring training. All right, whatever. I'm okay with it. I just don't want to be – I would never wear a, a Navy Mets hat with a white NY on it because then people are going to be like, what is it, a fucking Yankees hat? Like, never. But that being said, you know, a hat of your team that suits your outfit, provided it doesn't look like the colors of another team, I'm okay with. I, look, I, I'm, I don't know. I'm a little different than you. Like, I, I think it's just somehow it's too far out there at times. I'm more of stick to your, mostly your team colors. Yeah. If it's, you know, I, I, you know, if this is a St. Patrick's day green, I knew that was always like a big, it's like a popular Pete Rose Jersey when the reds did that, like in the eighties, because they used to not really do that. Like they do right. now. Um, I get it, but I, I just like, I agree too. Like you, you can't have, dude, if you're, if you're, you have your rivals colors, like what? I also think there's something like, and, and, you know, maybe this is, but like Mets hats, Yankees hats, Dodgers hats, repping LA, New York. Like I see a, I see a, like a, a black Dodgers hat. I almost don't even think Dodgers. I just think, okay, they're wearing a, an LA hat. You know what I mean? They're wearing a New York hat. Whereas like, if you're wearing a, you know, a, a, a Cubs hat, it's a Cubs hat. You know what I mean? Like maybe I'm, maybe that's, maybe that's me being biased. Cause like New York or whatever, but like, I don't know. You wearing a San Francisco giants hat. It's a fucking San Francisco giants hat. <laughs> like yeah, you're a black Dodgers hat. You're Denzel Washington. You know what I mean? I'm like, I'm okay with this. You're just repping LA. Sure. I wear my black New York Mets hat all the time. I don't have any hats of teams that I like that aren't their colors. That's just me, though. But you're the hat guy. You probably own 50 hats. Oh, 90 hats. 90. At least. That's, a, that's insane. All right, let's finish up with one last call, and we'll, we'll get through everything. What's up, Joe and Andy? It's retired stripper Dirtball Bryson calling from Nashville. Um, Keep this was short and sweet, man, but watching a lot of NBA games this year, and these refs are getting out of control with these technical fouls. And Montrezl Harrell screams and one as he's going up with the layup, as everyone does in basketball, and he gets teched up. He gets a tee. I'm like, what in the fuck? Then they get rid of Devin Booker in an overtime close game for a stupid tech. You know, and remember Draymond Green got technical for yelling at his own teammate one time. And so I'm just curious, guys, are we going to start holding these refs accountable? and fighting them like we fight all these other players for the dumb shit because it's really ruining the game. A lot of people have been talking about it lately, so I just kind of wanted your opinion on it. Stay dirty, boys. I 100% I, agree. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I feel like this goes all sports. Like, But I feel like it doesn't happen in football as much. Maybe not football, but baseball and basketball. Somehow the baseball and basketball have become ref shows. Yeah, I was just about to say somehow it's turned into all about the ref and the ump, which I don't understand. Never forget me trying to ruin Adam Hamari's wedding. That's like five years ago now. Like he deserved it. These refs are out of control. These umpires are out of control. Be seen, not heard. I shouldn't know your name. I shouldn't know your name. Bottom line. If I know your name, you are doing too much. Don't do too much. And yeah, I totally agree. They're so quick with the technicals. 
Um, you've got to be like, listen, I understand the, like the, the move a couple of years ago, like the outward show of, a, of disgust on a bad call, because I think players can show up referees and can show up umpires without saying something with body language. So I don't mind bad call, aggressive body language, technical, but for an and one for whatever. And also I hate the NBA NBA refs love to throw out first technicals and then, and then literally let players do whatever they want for the second technical. The amount of times Draymond Green should have been kicked out of games, but he already had one. So they're not going to do it. It's like, there should be a standard. It should be if a guy curses you out, just like it's always been. And otherwise, you know, unless somebody's fighting or unless somebody's calling you out or unless somebody's making an, an over the top physical move to show their disgust that can be caught on camera, then don't give a fucking technical foul out. Yeah. Players are bitches though, too. I feel, I, I, I feel the players nowadays, all sports again, especially football and basketball. You guys just whine and whine. But that, and whine. And listen, I agree with you, but also that's the games and shit because we've let this stuff happen where you can always change it. You can, but like my problem is, See, here's my problem. And my problem is the critique of the guys, like the people with LeBron's a bitch. It's like this has this is a thing where the NBA superstars have gotten calls because refs are a joke and they would just give you calls if you're a superstar. So now if you're a superstar and you don't get a call, you start whining for it. Then you got the European players, the European movement in the NBA. They bring hold over the whole soccer flopping attitude. But it's like Manu made an entire career at a flopping. The Spurs make an entire, they have a dynasty based on like a French guy and a, you know, Argentinian guy flopping all over the place. And then what the whole rest of the league's not supposed to do it. So yeah, you let this get out of control, figure it out. We had the whole flopping. We're going to find people for flopping, but we didn't. Yeah. But my point is I think that's almost a different issue, the flopping versus just the looking at the ref every time. It's like the there's a foul, or you know, it's it's guys just yeah, and it's the guys calling for just play. Like, I mean, that's the thing. People always go, Oh, the NBA is soft, all these guys with the flopping and the begging for calls. It's like if you want to see begging they do, for calls, they do an NFL at too. Every receiver in the NFL who's yeah, every single incomplete pass. That's what I'm saying. They're exactly. A flag. Where's a flag? Where's Every a flag? single time in the NFL, they, yeah. they're bitching. The quarterback's bitch. Oh, you know, it's a late hit. Like, it out there. Yeah. Every single but, time. But, but you know, to be fair, you have, and and I think that they absolutely should do this. Is have a standard that's across the board. If Tom Brady gets to go to every Super Bowl, every time it goes like that, they throw a flag ten minutes after. Then like everybody's going to do it. Then Kyle Orton's going to do it. And Mitchell Trubisky's going to do it. And every shit, you know, the Josh Rosen's going to do it. They're all going to do it. The shittiest versions of everybody are going to do it. If it, if the big names get the call when they do it, everybody's going to follow suit the same way everybody. And this is why Chris Weber should be in the hall of fame. Same way as everybody wore baggy shorts. And black socks. It's like when the good ones are doing it and they're seeing it at work, then the bad ones are going to do it. So start 
you know, stop the Tom Brady's from doing it. Stop Michael Jordan from getting every call for history. And maybe you wouldn't have an entire league that flops. All I know is I tell my third grade basketball players to not deal with the refs. You let me handle the refs. And they should get that. You guys just worry about standing for the Pledge of Allegiance. You guys, (laughs) we didn't do that. You guys, we did a Hail Mary before every game. It's the Catholic League. You guys just focus on playing. You guys, you guys make sure that if Pepe Le Pew takes that ball to the corner, you guys trap him. (laughs) You know, that's how good we have it. That's how good we have it. Seriously. Think about that for a minute. That's how good we have it as a society. If we're finding cartoons to bitch about. Yeah. End of story, though. That's the way you got to look at things. You imagine imagine saying that to some kid in a third world country. Imagine going to some kid who doesn't have a TV on this cartoon. He's like, dude, this is a cartoon. I just want to watch this to escape my awful poverty stricken life for a few minutes. Anyway. Had to get that out. The hotline is 310-359-8365. Call. Leave a message. Do what you want, guys. The hotline's here. Just keep it under two minutes. We used to have a hard, we used to have a strict keep it under one minute rule. But Andy has let that get out of control. And just like in the NBA. I prefer a minute. Yeah. Just like in the NBA, you start letting some people do it. You start letting the superstars start letting CT and Kyle Aronofsky and Mitch and Jesus do two and a half minute calls. of guys taking shits. Next thing you know, (laughs) everybody's taking two minute calls. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. I've gotten lax. I've gotten lax. You need to throw out some more technical fouls, cutting people off after a minute. Okay. All right. You heard it here first. Commissioners is ordered 60 seconds or less. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the dirty sports. Drop us an iTunes review. If you do that, leave your handle of your social media and I will send you some koozies. Joe. At your printer on Instagram at picture life on all of those social media. Nope. The other way around at picture life on Twitter at your printer on all those social medias. All right, guys, there you have it. Wednesday night in the books. I'm going to get this bad boy up in the next hour. Dirt balls have a great and safe weekend, but most importantly, stay dirty.